welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey, detailers, welcome to another Pints and Polishing Podcast. Hey, if you get any value out of today's episode, you know what would be awesome is if you went and gave us a review, right? That's not that hard to ask. Just leave a review. You know, if you leave a one star, cool. That's up to you. You know, maybe that's the amount of value you got. You might have been drinking Coors Light, so I don't blame you. However, for those of you that drink real beer or Trulies, you know, whichever one, uh, you know, leave us a little better if you don't mind. It'd be awesome. But, you know, if you do a one, cool. You know, is what it is. We'll just try and make sure we do that much better. Hey, on today's episode, uh, you're going to get a special uh, feed from Nick from Vegas Rides and then Nick Grooms, who is a part of our community that hopped onto the virtual pub meeting that we have after Wednesday night's podcast. So every Wednesday, 730 Central, hop on to Zoom and use the location not the location what is it the it's not a member id uh meeting id there we go a meeting id of 918-800-1188 all right so nick was on a couple weeks ago and he sent in a couple questions so we dive right into those questions so today's episode is going to cover things from should you hire right now with this influx of money coming in? We got people saying, hey, I'm six weeks booked out. Well, does that mean you should fucking bring somebody on the team? Or should you just sit on it because we don't know what six months is about to look like? There's a lot of destruction coming. Should we wait? I don't know. Great question. Let's dive into the episode. Hope you guys have a great day. <laughs> All right, welcome back to another edition of Helping Young Detailers. Nick, we got a change of scenery. Uh, yeah. And uh, you've gone back to a, an old school style hat that I, I remember liking. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's getting warm here. This is a nice light hat. Uh, I'm back in my home office now, so uh, ready How to go. How warm is it in Vegas? Oh, it's not super, it's not hot yet. It's, it's in the nineties, but you know, once we start getting into, you know, 85 and above, I like to, uh, you know, wear the clothes as light as I can. Definitely. So just get ready. I mean, we're not, we're not to the hundred, 110 yet. Yeah, totally agree. We hit the eighties here in Oklahoma. The doors of the Jeep are officially off. <laughs> I really hope not to put them back on till like the end of November. So uh, for sure, I'm with for you sure. on enjoying the weather. All right. We wanted to talk today um, about, uh, what we're seeing, which is super cool in the industry right now, uh, we're seeing a lot of detailers be busy, right? If if what you and I have talked about, we, we see these downward turns, and especially you brought up stuff in the auto industry and how the auto industry is in chaos, but, but wait, we've got a lot of detailers right now. You even are saying yourself, us, you know, I've got people calling for cars, and then plus, you know, chemical-wise, we're busy. So, Overall, the industry's busy. Why is the industry busy, Nick? Well, I, I think, A, we had a lot of uh, locked up demand 
for about eight weeks. Yeah. You know, I think that's pretty obvious. And we said that in our video, we thought we'd have a 30 to 60 day boom once states started opening up. So I think we're seeing that. But also look at the calendar. This is the time of year that Sprinkling. no matter where you no matter where you live, uh, you know, for us, March, April, May in Las Vegas has always been a pretty big three months of the year. Um, as well as some of our early fall coming out of the summer. Uh, so I think the calendar matters. Uh, you know, again, most places are busy. Most detailers I know, really busy in that March, April, May. Obviously, the coronavirus interrupted that for some people. Uh, you know, again, we still did pretty well during the coronavirus uh, with our customer base. And I said that on the last videos. We never decided to shut down, but the amount of demand that we see pent up, the amount of calls we're getting, the amount of emails we're getting, the amount of DMs that we're getting, obviously that eight weeks has had people looking at their homes and their cars and saying, hey, <laughs> I need to do some spring cleaning. And you know, this is the time of year that we all really kind of cash in. And again, for us that have been in the business a little bit longer than, than, than guys that just started, if you go through 10 years of your books, you start to see that May's a pretty good month. I mean, so I don't think we're seeing anything out of the ordinary. It's just nice to see that the demand is there. Yeah, I mean, here uh, locally is never a good time. Actually, April is notorious one of the bad months uh, for our industry. Uh, it is, without a doubt, the rainiest month. And here in Oklahoma, even though we got the Tiger King, people still don't like to wash their cars or get them detailed if it's gonna have a chance of rain. And yeah. in the Midwest, in springtime, the forecast is chance of rain every single day, <laughs> at the bare sure. minimum, every other day. So, you know, it's it's always a bad time because then it does rain and the people go, see, you can't wash your car, and then they just never get it done. You know, do you guys have there in Vegas, like we have here in Oklahoma, the customers that say, oh, the rain will just wash it for me. Oh, we, we hear that silliness. I mean, look, I, I think this is one of the great shows you if you're, you can truly sell your business. Uh, we now have a pretty large client base that rain or shine their car gets done because they believe in what we sell, which is, first of all, your interior always gets dirty. It always needs disinfecting. This was long before coronavirus, by the way, uh, that we sold that. Secondarily, we do a job of just continuing to pile on people good information. And so we don't get that as much now, but I tell you what, we do still get it from time to time where people are like, ah, it's gonna rain, I'm gonna wait. Uh, rain on dirt uh, makes for worse, uh, worse looking cars and, and sometimes you know, gives you spotting on cars. So we've always just educated people through that, but yeah, we get those people. So uh, if, if we're looking through the industry right now and we're seeing a lot of good growth, um, you know, I did a little discussion on the podcast uh, where I do these uh, Monday motivationals if you need it, right? The theory is that if you're a detailer and you're super passionate about your business, which hopefully if you're listening to a podcast, you feed into that mentality of our culture anyway and what our community is. Um, a lot of our community didn't shut their doors either. A lot of our state open and state hustling and so you probably don't necessarily need the motivation but just in case you find yourself in a random spot <laughs> on a monday and you go i can use just a hint of it 
I put out a yep. little segment as I'm driving into the warehouse. And today, one of the things I talked about prevalently of it is, okay, if you find yourself in a part of the industry where there's suddenly a chance to make a lot of money, we should be on the attack, right? But at the same time, we should have our foot in the ground with a firm like stance of ready to take on a defensive blow when bad yep. times happen, which some of us it just did, or some of us it's gonna happen in the next six to 10 months. Uh, yep. But it's a mentality of defense, offense. And right now is a pivotal time for many of us to capture this influx. And so it's not just about whether you're busy or not, it actually is the question, which Nick, you brought up a second ago, if you're a good enough businessman, can you capture these moments? And here's not what I mean. My schedule's booked out until June. I saw that post today. Oh, it's business so great. These people tell me they're gonna wait and I booked out through all the way through June. Well, you don't know what's, we've already just established, right? Coming out of this moment, you can't establish what's gonna happen six weeks from now. So does booking yourself out till June necessarily determine that you're a good business owner or that you're just in the moment of influx of a lot of cash from the government, which is causing people to wanna to spend money? How do yeah. we take this time where there's this big influx and Look, really you, you can't, you, and, um, get some yeah. business sense and business development. You capitalize. Look, this is the time to capitalize. I mean, that, that's the word that we're looking for. You want to capitalize on these moments to put yourself in a position that's financially stable coming out. So if you, if you put yourself in this position where you're so happy you're booked up, but you didn't learn from the coronavirus that at any moment the rug can be pulled out from it, all of us, then what's the use? Um, I've never been one to talk about how long I'm booked out. I don't really know what that proves. Uh, we're booked out every month with the same clientele for our maintenance business. I never bring that up. Uh, you You're know, booked out uh, we, till 2021. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I never understood what that meant. I mean, I thought it was a silly business philosophy people had, and, and that's why I never followed it. Um, you know, when we get phone calls, we try to do the work as quickly as we can because we don't want to put ourselves in a position to make somebody wait. So if you're booked out till June or you're booked out six months, which I know guys that are, uh, maybe it's time to hire some people. Uh, maybe it's time to, to, to level up your business and, and go on the offensive uh, for your business in that way. Uh, but to get back well, to on. what I would do. Hold on, yeah. no buts, because yeah. I, I'm really glad you said that, and that was in the back of my mind, because if we're gonna say capitalize, I would love to give some more strategic, uh, actual hands-on, instead of just yeah. capitalize on the moment. If you know that you're booked out, right, and let's just say, in theory, you have guaranteed money through June, are you saying that we should just go and take it and get it and save because we talked about that or should we then take this time to go okay if i know i'm going to have this money coming in i could take that risk to bring in somebody i know i might not be making as much and i'm going to have to train that person i'm going to have to go through a lot of bullshit i don't really need to be doing that right now but if i take it i know that this money is going to be there for a little bit and i could then get another person in my shop helping those are those are two different philosophies. 
Yep. Yeah, no. Uh, my philosophy personally for my business, and we always want to be cautious of saying what we would do, okay? What we want to present ideas and for people to, to plug those ideas where it fits for them. I've always been the aggressor. As soon as I got enough work, I was hiring, buying new trucks, buying new trucks. Buy, you know, that's what I did. Um, and I thought I would figure and go sell and, and go mark and I would fill up my trucks and I, I am for those that seem to talk about how long they're booked out it seems to be a bad honor to them booked out that long but they never use it to go on the hiring and training and building business so I think it's hard to give those people that advice because everybody that I come across that talks about how long they're booked out seem to not want to grow their business they just want to book their schedule out. And so I know that we speak to those people. We've said this before. I really like the guy that's in his shop alone. Excellent work. And that's what he loves to do. And that's what he takes pride in. I think that's awesome. We really speak to the people that want to build a bigger business. And if you're starting to get booked out of this coronavirus and you're seeing this big boom and you're, you're all the way into July and August, you maybe need to start thinking about how do I level up my business? How do I go hire people? How do I start my training protocols? How do, how do I move my business forward? Because that's what you do in business. When, when the opportunity presents itself, so many people miss out on business because they're booked out six months and never think, hey, let me go hire some people. Then I'm only booked out two months. I guarantee myself all that work. And then I can just go on the trail of selling and try to really build a business here and capitalize that way. So I think we gotta be cautious that the people that seem to tell me how far they're booked out seem to be the one man shows and I don't know that we speak to them really. Uh, that's just a different part of our industry. It's a part of our industry we respect. But if you're in that position and you do wanna grow a business and you're booked out several months, you better go on the hiring trail pretty quick. And don't go down the excuse path. Oh, there's no good people, there's not, no, it's your job. Go out and train. Go out and hire. That's the next move for a business person. To go from a single-person show to a two, three, four, ten-person show, twenty-person show, you got to really start leveling up your skills, which is hiring, firing, training, all that stuff. It's a great time if you got business on the books to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have our guest here on for uh, Real Talk. Real talk where we want to bring detailers in, let them ask some questions, get straight to the point, and let's get some real information into the system and not a step-by-step -step program that you got to pay into for some training mandate that's going to tell you how to grow your business one step at a time. All right, so Nick. Uh, What's up? We hung out the other day on the uh, community virtual pub. Uh, both share a nice... Uh, uh, take on join some uh, cold beverages. So I thought I would uh, pop one open in your honor. Uh, this is the new Belgium Voodoo Ranger. Uh, American Haze. So uh, uh, cheers and uh, community. Nick, uh, you told us some pretty cool information the other night. Um, so before you get into your questions, give us a 30 second little quick pitch. Who are you and what do you do? Okay, my name is Nick Grooms. I am primarily an enthusiast detailer here in the Nashville area. However, I have a job with 
Tesla here in Nashville um, as what we call a vehicle movement specialist, but I also do a good portion of the detailing here as well. A lot of the new car prep, a lot of the used car prep, and so on and so forth. Is that at the Tesla factory? I mean, is it a, it's a Tesla factory, no. or what is it? What? So we have what, what Tesla has, what is called like service plus location. So there's service and delivery there. We okay. don't really have dealer, full on dealerships, but there's locations where you can get your vehicle service, you know, service needs, like stuff like that. And locations that also do deliveries. And that's where my center comes into play. Okay. But so you detail for Tesla. Yeah. As a Tesla employee. Yeah. It's not like a, a subletted. No, no, no. Thing. I get it. I get it. That's awesome. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. So the question that Nick has, um, when he sent them over to me, I was like, okay, I think, uh, I think let's go ahead and get these, uh, these questions because let's get them out. Let's get them talked about and let's, put them where we can early into these discussions. Uh, I find it, uh, I think we'll get more of these. And Nick, I'm super excited about them. I really am because we just talked about how do you train somebody, right? How can you go take this money in the system right now and get somebody trained in? Nick's got some technical questions. And what I think okay. is gonna be awesome about getting technical questions <laughs> is your skill set from being where you've gone all the way into concourse detailing. Whereas then to me, just last, uh, this past week, right? I sent you a picture of uh, Brie using a DA and we did a correction on this uh, truck that achieved in some spots 90%. Now as a whole, we left a lot because we only quoted a 70% correction. Thank you to Nick and what he's taught yeah. us. So we quoted a 70% correction. I buzzed it with the rotary. Uh, then she came back with uh, uh, a heavy cutting pad and cut max, and then we finished with a polish. So she's only put uh, her hands on a vehicle twice, and that's two complete successful details that we delivered to a customer, met expectations, and made really good money. So I preface all that to say, all right, Nick, Let's hear your questions for real talk and let's see what Nick or I have to say. All right. So first question would be regarding soft paint finishing. How do you narrow down your pad and polish combo? And in, in kind of relation to that, kind of tie onto that is, um, excuse me, I lost my train of thought here. So yeah, how do you, how do you narrow down your, your pad and, and polish combo? But what are some other things technique wise or, some of the things that most people might not know to aid in in reducing micromine. Okay, so obviously you work at Tesla. Tesla is notoriously a very finicky paint to work with. Uh, they come with a lot of defects, so you're dealing with a ton of sanding marks and different things you have to remove. Here's the way I've always looked at, at softer paints. I learned how to use water to dilute my polish. Okay, so what I mean by that is you'll see a lot of old school guys take and work their polish down with, with a spritz of water in, you know, especially like black Tesla paint or, you know, something like that. Okay, so what I, how I've always done it is I've always tried to find what 
can I do on my first step that allows my second step to be easy? Okay. So I always assume on soft paint, Honda, Honda and Acura have the same issue as well, uh, especially the older Honda paint. What I always try to do is buzz the surface really quick over like your sanding marks, whatever, you know, I'd like to get those out. Meaning I can't see them, but I've left some, some, again, what you said is micro marring. I've left some controlled marring in the paint from cutting out that sanding mark. From there, what I do is I use the gentlest polish that I have in my arsenal. Okay. So it, let's just say, you know, Sonax perfect finish or cut and finish. Those have, to me, something going against them with soft paint, which is they actually cut pretty deep. I mean, they actually cut pretty well for a polish. Okay. That's what I think. Um, mm -hmm. So I would even step myself out and say, okay, if that's my baseline for a nice, simple, normal polish on normal paint, I need to go find a, a even less cutting polish to finish out in a less aggressive pad. This is where you may find, you know, I don't really use a ton of black pads, you know, what, what's traditionally considered a pretty soft pad. But on Tesla paint, I've certainly used black pads. So I would start with my least aggressive black pad and my least aggressive polish that I use universally. Um, and then I would work from there. But if you start to see that it's marring the surface, try a spritz of water on the surface you've already cut, finish down with a little bit of water and a little bit of polish residue and see if you can't get the finish you're looking for. But I'm a heavy user of water on the surface to kind of help me give me that that last little bit of jewel okay is what what we called it with the rotary give me some jeweling uh by reducing the cut of that of that polish with the water and so in other words you can actually do one of these techniques as well you could take your finish polish and a and a bottle of water put a couple drops of your finish polish in the water shake it up spray that on and work that as your pile as your finish polish i've done that plenty uh, on really soft one stage paints um, but that's another good technique you can use to kind of reduce marring by not having an aggressive polishing pad go with a light polishing pad and then start to reduce out the cut of the polish with some water so i think that would be a great thing to try for yourself if you haven't but you can actually try the water bill trick. Take a couple spritzes, or take your water, take a couple pieces of, the, of your favorite light polish, shake it up in the bottle, spray it on the surface, and see if you can actually work that and get a nice clean finish. Uh, it's just kind of one of those off the board uses that I found worked for me. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love the, uh, the idea of the water. I've done water with uh, rotary buffing, right? So sure. uh, that was a big deal that we used to do all the time you know, mist water as we buff, uh, keeps that, that clear coat cooled down a little bit more. We did it to help uh, reduce uh, swirling. It was uh, sort of what we did uh, here in the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, so, but when I started getting into the correction style, right, because we've been buffing and polishing paint for decades, it's really not until the past couple of years that there's this term of correction and needing to achieve this extra effort right uh suddenly now cars have these lights that you put on their paint to to make sure it's going to look amazing but outside it already looked amazing so 
Yeah. We've just always been a different uh, detailer for our customers. Uh, but once the correction came in and lights and the way we do stuff now, I went at it just a little bit different. I couldn't find a pad system that actually dealt with soft clear coat, right? So as I started fighting these, those GMC blacks is more of what we see. Uh, and those are horrendous. The, the wake up motherfucking call for me was when I had a friend that came out of state to, he drove and he was about an hour over into Arkansas and wanted me to coat his vehicle a couple years ago. Well, this is about three years ago now. And, and I say, sure, what is it? He got a brand new GMC truck and he wants it coated before it, you know, gets bad. He literally only had it a couple weeks. You guys know the drill, right? Well, Yep. I didn't show up with the whole slew of pads. I slew up with just, here's a handful, because I'm just coming to help a buddy. And it was my wake-up call. And I went, holy shit. Well, what do I like? And that, that took forever. That, it, it took, I don't I just don't even want to go in. Yeah. And, that and, and so, and so the te Tesla paint that we deal with, I really speed up my arm speed on the cutting. When I get a soft, sticky paint, I don't find that slow arm movements work for me. Now, remember, I was trained on a rotary, so I like to move my hand a little quicker than guys that started on a DA. But, you know, it's, some people call it the mow down technique. Uh, you know, other detailers are training it as new information now. But just move your arm speed a little quicker, and maybe that paint won't heat up and get as sticky when you're dealing with the soft paint. The big worry you got to have with soft paint in my mind is that when it gets sticky and it starts to swell, there is no correcting at that point. You're just fighting paint, fighting paint, fighting paint, fighting paint. I would do less passes on my cut, quick speed, and you might see no marring if you make the right choice on your cutting stage. Then your finishing stage, you can go to an ultra soft pad. Again, stay pretty quick on the surface and you have no problem. Uh, Tesla has been, uh, for me and for everybody, a really difficult newcomer to the market. But when I do Teslas personally, my hand speed is, or, you know, the way I move the pad is probably as fast as any paint. GM would be similar. Honda S2000s historically have horrific paint. Uh, so you can take those types of things. I like to speed up. I don't want to heat the surface as much on a, uh, on a, uh, I don't want to heat the surface anyway on any paint really, but even less on a sticky soft paint. I try to move away from the from the area as quick as I can. So maybe speed up a little bit and get out of the area as fast as possible. Nick, so the overall answer to your question is, hey, let us know what you think. Right? Because Nick is gonna have approached the way he thinks and the way he goes after. For me, I went after it a different way. And I go, okay, well, this isn't working it like then I need to have an actual pad system designed for soft paint. And so I achieve a lot of the results now off of our system of pads that are designed specifically to go and work on soft paint. So there's going to be hand speed. There's going to be water interaction. It all goes back to the same thing. You know, there's a person involved, there's products involved, and there's tools involved. And oh yeah, there's paint involved. So you're going to have a bunch of different ways of doing it. And that's the beauty of detailing, right? We're all detailers yeah. and Nick's got his way. I got to, and you're going to get to do your way. All right. So let's hop into question number two and let's hit it real quick. All right. So 
in a situation like mine where I'm working 40 plus hours a week, let's say five, six days a week, um, when there's big rushes, stuff like that. And I also have this, this huge love for the absolute concord level stuff, the, the deep coatings, the, the two, three day, you know, correction job on, on a, just a crazy car or whatever, you know, how, how do you kind of bridge that gap? You know, how, how do you not only have that balance of, of the two, but if I were to take that farther and, you know, create my own business, yeah. I how, think does that, how does that gap get bridged? Hey, Nick Grooms, Nick Walter's got the perfect answer. I already know what he's going to say, and I can say it out of his mouth, but I'm going to go ahead and let him do it. I love his answer. Let me hear. Yeah, I, I would go find somebody to work with. Go find somebody in your area that does high-level work and go learn. You're, you're not going to be ready. And again, we're specifically talking about now the 1% work. Clear about that. When you're talking about 100 plus hour details, that's 1% of the marketplace, okay? It's yeah. not even that, but I'm just, just as a number. Okay. Um, when, you, when you start talking about 100, 150 hour, 100, 200 hour type details, you need to go search out somebody in your area and say, hey, I'd just love to come work for you on the weekends, I'll come to, uh, in the evenings, whatever. And you need to gather that experience. And the other thing that you gather from that is, where are these people finding their customers? The biggest issue that people don't realize about elite customers is you got to find where they are to ever build your business. And so I see a lot of these guys, and, and look, I have a lot of young guys that reach out to me, and I really appreciate that. And they all miss the part of working for somebody that I always tell them over and over again. When you start your business young, you don't have any contacts, you don't have anybody to call, you, you haven't developed any relationships, so now the steep climb is even steeper. Most great detailers that do that 1% work put their time in with other great detailers somewhere along the line, and they learned, okay, this person's getting a bunch of elite dealerships, this person works in collector garages, this person uh, you know, works for wholesalers that deal in elite vehicles, and so you need to learn where those customers are and you actually need to learn a lot of little tricks. When you get into Concord level detailing, there's a lot of things judges are looking for that if you have a client that paid you for a 200 hour detail and you miss something that judges looked at, you're out of that industry. It's over because you made a simple mistake because everybody knew it but you. So to me, you're in a great spot. You're working at Tesla. You know, hopefully it's paying your bills. You're enjoying it there. Go find some elite detailer in your area and say, hey, I'll come work for 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour, whatever it is in your area. Go and get that and gather that experience. Learn where they get their clients, not steal their clients, okay? Learn where, where they've developed their business and see if it's right for you. I'm here to tell you that that Concord level detail in a lot of instances, guys try it and they never do it again. So go find if it's for you before you have to start going down all of these very expensive paths of getting into that world. Gotcha. I don't, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> you, know, you didn't like that I mean, answer? That, yeah, that's, that's got to be Nick to answer that one. I, my answer, you're not going to like. Mine's the opposite, right? His is, his is to go learn, well, work. mine is 
Nick, you've got a full-time job, right? You have nothing to be concerned about. And if you fail, who gives a fuck, right? There's always tomorrow and you're a young kid. You got 20 more years before you're Nick and I's age. You got plenty of failures to be able to make. So if it's something you're passionate about, you want to do, I say, fuck going to go work at a second job. Mine is, if you're at five o'clock, clock out. By the time you get home, you clock in at your second job, which is whatever your detailing business is. And you put out five more hours of trying to figure things out on your own. Right? So it's, this is what's fun about Nick and I, there's things we agree on and there's things that yep. he did. And there's things that I did completely different, right? He did his model. I did mine. It's not a who's right and wrong. That's the whole point of what we always talk about. We each have opportunities to go do whatever decision we want to do. But what Nick and I are here and what the community is here to do is say, you don't have to listen to one person. You just have to go do something. And once you do it, yep. cool. If you fail, it's okay. Nick and I are here to say, we fail at a lot of things on a regular basis. So it's okay if you fail and it's okay if, you know, right? I mean, that's it, you know, yeah. but that's just my opinion. So if, if you're gonna go get out there and do it, go do it and see if you can, because if you can't, right? Here's the thing, the market, your customers and people in Nashville will let you know that you're not ready. Yeah, and do you have- point, uh... At yeah. that point, it might be a good time to then go work for somebody if you if over the next year, two years, whatever, and you just still can't prove it, go get, you know, what's it going to hurt then to go try to learn from somebody yeah. else? Nick, do you have a lot of sanding, rotary, that kind of experience? Uh, rotary is pretty minimal. Um, okay. Only a few times under that. Um, I have, I personally own a, with a, a flex miniature rotary, the three inch, two inch, and one inch kind of combo tool. I have a little bit of work with that. Um, wet sanding and wet sanding is pretty minimal as well. I do a little bit of work, but it's, it's a rare time. I have to use that. Um, yeah. So, so here's a great start for you um, in Marshall's ilk. And I would say this to all the young detailers, go get practice panels, grab some sandpaper, Learn to level paint with paper. Learn what burning through with sandpaper looks like. Learn to use the rotary. Um, so before I, you know, jump into what the part of business you want to be in, go get comfortable with some techniques, which you can practice on your own. I mean, you can to There's plenty of information out there for you to get comfortable with those tools. That may be a great start. And start building the fundamentals. And this is kind of where ours has gone awry with the DA world. DAs are great. You know, we use DAs, no issue with DAs, but there's something about learning with a rotary that makes you better all the way through polishing paint. No matter what okay. anybody says, you can, you can take a guy that started on a DA, there's a 0% chance he can jewel paint the way guys that started on the rotary. There's a completely different level of gloss that guys that started on a rotary get huh. compared to uh, just DA. I'm not hanging on it. I'm saying, building of technique. And so if you want to go into that high-end world, do yourself a favor, go grab a test panel from a junkyard, uh, you know, get a body shop table uh, or, or stand and just for very minimal dollars, you can start working on that rotary skill 
And then what you'll find out is you work the DA better. Now you can make some decisions. Because remember, when you work on really expensive paint, especially stuff that can't be repainted, you can't heat up the surface as much as, let's say, a new car. Because look at this. I see a lot of people that use DA only. They go on really expensive paints, and they really, really heat them up. They're going to cause damage. The less damage you can cause is with a rotary. It doesn't heat the surface. A rotary wool pad keeps the surface way cooler than a microfiber and a DA uh, combination. Okay? So put yourself in a position where you know those things, and then just develop your skill, get comfortable, get comfortable. That's not the wasting of time. When you get comfortable with the tool, it's going to make you better throughout your arsenal. So that's where I would start. Just do that on your own. You don't need anybody. You can sit in your garage all day and work on that. Uh, work on sanding techniques where you're not digging into the surface. You got nice flat coverage uh, with, with the sandpaper by hand. Then learn how to machine sand, okay, using a DA. All stuff you can do on your own practice panels for very minimal money. I think that's a great start, and I'll kind of leave you with that. That's what I would probably start doing. Awesome. Okay. Uh, thank you guys so much for your time. Start with you, Mr. Grooms. Uh, please tell people where they find you on social. Do what? Well, where do people find you on social? You can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's underscore groom. So I-T-S underscore G-R-O-O-M-S. I'm there. You can send me a message. Mr. Walters? Uh, Vegas.rides on Facebook and Instagram. Nick at VegasRides.com. If you want to send a longer email, you need answers uh, for, for your questions. We get a ton of feedback. Can't say thanks enough. And, uh, you know, look forward to these every week, Marty. Uh, I think this has uh, been a great thing. Nick, if you ever need something, man, reach out. And like I said, get started on the simple stuff, and I think you'll be all right. That's awesome. Okay. Definitely. Real Talk is going to continue to be a lot of really great discussions. Super excited about what's going to be transcending, in a sense, from these discussions and how detailers can get real input from professional detailers in the community. So thank you guys for both your time. You can find us at Total Auto Solutions or shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. Uh, guys, thank you again so much for your time and uh, have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hey, detailers, wanted to make sure you know about the community pub that we have every Wednesday night at 7.30, right after the episode. And normally you catch a little bit of live coverage of the episode on Zoom as we close out. Sometimes we'll get the question of the day in there for the uh, virtual pub, and uh, sometimes we'll get a little bit in there. So I uh, want you to hop on. So if you haven't downloaded Zoom on your phone, just go to your mobile app right now and download Zoom. And uh, you'll need a member, or sorry, you'll need a meeting ID. And that meeting ID is 918-800-1188. So your meeting ID for the Zoom virtual pub every Wednesday night at 7.30 Central is 918-800-1188. Hey, I look forward to grabbing a beer with you then. See you soon. Ah! <laughs>